What's up, beautiful people? You are now checked in to Purposeful Rehab. I'm your host, Jajara. Purposeful Rehab is for a people that's determined to be restored for a useful purpose. So if that sounds like it's your vibe, make sure you click subscribe. And I look forward to vibing out with you in our next session. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back. Welcome back. You are now checked in to another session of Purposeful Rehab. We are a community online that is for people that's determined to be restored for a useful purpose. And so that is what we are all about. And we're excited to get into this episode. If you think or it even sounds like that is your vibe, make sure you click subscribe because that is what we're all about. We want to just invite you in. Welcome to Hallelujah God, our community. And make sure that you subscribe on Instagram and YouTube. We are filming this episode live on Instagram, I mean, on YouTube as well. So if you are not a part of our YouTube family, make sure you hop on over on Instagram. I keep saying Instagram. It must be meant for y'all to follow Instagram. Hop on over to YouTube, okay? And follow our YouTube channel and our Instagram and our podcast for you YouTubers who are watching the episode. So let's jump right in. Today, we are talking from the thought process, false start. Mm. Yes, y'all, false start, okay? Now, I was a basketball player, all right? I, I tried some track stuff, and track just, the glory was not upon me for track. But basketball... That's my sport, okay? Um, but we are going to talk from the thought process of track as our sport, right? And in track, there is a such thing as a false start, okay? Um, and how we come out, how we come out the blocks is important, right? So a track runner, how they come out those blocks sets the tone for their race. And so it's super important that they are intentional with coming out the blocks with strength, um, form, right? And all those different things. And so I want us to discuss how our family upbringing, trauma, et cetera, it's how we come out the blocks. It's how our life starts. And I think for a lot of a lot of us and, you know, a lot of times we feel like we got a false start here. Right. Like we have this high expectation on us and it's like, man, the trauma and the way I grew up and the things that I meant to have to go up against. Like, is this even fair to ask of me to be in this place when like I technically don't know any better? Like my norm was toxicity and I didn't realize it. My norm was, you know, abuse. My norm was, you know, shutting down emotions and not showing them or sharing them. My norm was to be quiet about the abuse or the trauma that happened to you or invalidating that it happened um, or to move on after it happened and just live life and pretend like it doesn't affect you. Like, that was what I grew up with, right? Not saying me personally, but we're just saying in general. 
And it's like, here you are trying to be an adult. And there are so many things now that have attached itself to you um, because of this false start. And so I really want us to talk from a place of, you know, although how you come out the blocks can be a setback, it doesn't mean you will finish last. Let me say that again for someone. Although how you come out the blocks can be a setback, it doesn't mean you will finish last. So what I mean is, although how you come out the blocks can be a setback, it doesn't mean that you won't have a comeback. Amen. Can we thank God that how we started doesn't have to determine how we finish? That just because the enemy used the doors through others' free will to indulge in iniquity or to indulge in evil or sin, to entertain it, just because their free will chose these things. And unfortunately, it landed upon our lives and our shoulders because they didn't take their their position in our lives to the magnitude that they were supposed to, doesn't mean that God isn't going to work it out for my good. Just because I had a setback, a false start coming out the blocks and I didn't have the best start coming out, it does not mean that God isn't going to turn that thing around for me to take off, right? Have you guys ever seen those races where like they start off and they're behind, right? Whether it's a relay or it's a one person, like they are looking like the last dog out. Like they looking like, oh, they not, they not even in this competition. And then somehow in like the last lap or somehow in like that last relay handoff, like boom, all of a sudden it's a switcheroo on them. Okay. And it's like, bam, I'm here and I'm here to stay. All right. And I'm going to finish this race and I'm going to finish it first. Okay. And oh, I just got a word from that, y'all. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. Come on, Holy Spirit. So let us not get hurt and dismayed because the trauma and the, the, the false start that we may feel like we had to life. Because I understand there was literally a point in life where I was stuck because of the fact that I was just so boggled down and, and dis- not disappointed, but it discouraged and dismayed because I felt like, man, like God, I had a false start here. Like there's so many things that I feel like I'm already dealing with and had to deal with from childhood. And now I'm already an adult. I can't get that time back. And now I'm struggling, trying to process and deal with the depression and the trauma and, you know, things that I regret and decisions that I may have made and decisions that so-and-so made and where relationships are. And how am I supposed to have this life that you speak of? of abundance, of joy, of freedom? How am I supposed to live with purpose and be a useful purpose? Come on, Purposeful Rehab. How am I supposed to be these things? How am I supposed to do that with this false start? Like there is just no way I'm a messed up individual. And I'm here to tell you today that that is God's, that is where God gets the glory. 
He delights in messed up individuals. Come on, Paul. (laughs) He delights in it. Why? Because nothing is too hard for God. And he is just waiting for us to invite him in because he wants to show his glory on our life. He wants to show how he can work things out for our good and for his glory. He wants to show us how we can go from this fallen state, this detrimental state of sickness and and imprisonment and bondage from what we've been through. We can go from a false start and finish this race first. Okay, we can come out on top reigning with the king. Come on, somebody rise up, y'all. So I am like literally here to encourage you today. I am only here to encourage you today to let you know that this setback doesn't mean you will finish last. Endure the race. Because what happens if you come out the block and you you make a permanent decision based on how you came out the blocks? Think of how many people didn't finish the race because they already think they lost in their mind because of how they started the race, right? So we have to allow God to restore us. We have to allow the rehabilitation to happen. When we look up rehabilitation, when we look up rehab and what it means, it's dealing with someone who was imprisoned, who was who was sick, who who just they lost it all. And they need to be restored to their rightful position, their rightful identity. They need to be restored. Literally, when you look at that word. And and that's what we need from God. And if we give up because of how we perceive this beginning, I mean, that's why he says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Our faith isn't done. So just because I've come out the blocks and and, and it seems like the, the, the deck is stacked against me, that's where the faith and the hope comes in to say, there has got, I remember, y'all listen, <laughs> I remember telling God, there has got to be more to life than this. Like, you're, there's, there has to be. There has to be more than pain and suffering and torment. Like, if it ain't nothing else here, like, then, then, then please send me my exit ticket because I'm ready to go. <laughs> and, and I laugh now. Um, but looking back, I understand myself so much more, but I also understand how the enemy used the purity of what I, what I was desiring of God and, and twisted it because I didn't have the understanding of the Lord. I didn't have the fullness to see that my eyes is on God and not on the, the, the race in itself. Because when I looked at the race, and the start, I got overwhelmed and I seen no way. I seen no way to finish this thing in a in a right way. I, I seen no way to come out first and, and to come out of the place that I was in. And I think that's for a lot of us. Mentally, we just see no way out. We look at what's in our hands and we just don't see a way. And we don't understand that the faith 
that we have is literally the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And so in order for it to happen, we first have to have faith. Like, I don't know how this is going to happen. But what I do know is I serve a God who can make anything happen. And so, God, I surrender it to you today because I had a faulty start. (laughs) Let's be honest. I had a faulty start and I don't know how to do this. Because he's the one that's the the potter. I'm just meant to be the clay. And y'all, a lot of us are taking too much on, okay? We are trying to not only run the race, we're trying to direct the race. We're trying to be the coach on the side, the parents in the stand. We're trying to be the, the person running against ourselves. Like We're trying to play too many roles and not just focus on playing ourselves. You're not meant to play all these roles, y'all. So I want to encourage you to know that how you start doesn't determine how you will finish. It does not. The Lord still, still is in the midst working things out. It is just up to us to make that choice to keep running, to keep running just because I had a faulty start, just because there was abuse in my past, whether that's physical, emotional, or sexual abuse, does not mean that for the rest of my race, this trauma has to reign. I don't know who I'm talking to, but it does not mean that it has to have power and dominion over you because God has already said that it does not have power and dominion over you. Yes, God knows that there is healing that has to take place. He knows that there is restructuring that has to happen. He knows that there is restoration that has to happen. He is an all-knowing God, and he encompasses everything that you need to receive everything that the enemy tried to take from you, to steal from you. He can restore it plus more. So let us not be discouraged on how we come out the blocks. Let us just focus on putting one foot into the other, in front of the other. Let us focus on the training that happens in between our races, right? Now, we know life is described as the race as, as a whole, right? But just breaking it down metaphorically, right? Um, let us be intentional about even our training. Yeah, get yourselves, pray to the Lord that he can bring you to a storehouse that has a shepherd that is led by God himself. Get you get yourself in, in church with fellowship, with people that is willing to pray and that is also connected to God. All right, we ain't talking about people that just be saying they're praying and they don't really have no power because they're not, they not really submitted to God. They're not really sold out with a heart for God and chasing and having hunger for God. Because let me tell you, it makes a difference. Get yourself in a storehouse that has the fruit of the Holy Spirit and that has a shepherd and first lady or or a shepherd that is after God's heart and is hearing from God. We have to come out of this generation that doesn't want to be in the church anymore because the church hurt. Okay, because God ain't going to hear that. You, you're you not going to be able to stand before him and be like, well, God, you know, them people over there, they hurt me and I ain't never went back. Yes, he's going to deal with the people that was misleading and hurt you because at the end of the day, right, we know biblically that there are going to be some false teachers out here. But he also has to deal with the fact that he is training us. 
right? That could have been some of your training so that you can know what God looks like. So you can deal with rejection for your call. Come on, somebody like I know, right? I've had some church hurt and I realize now from the place that I'm in that God was even using that. Okay. He was even using that to build me up in my call, build me up in my relationship with him so that I can know to hear him more clearly for myself, have more confidence for myself and, and who he's calling me to be, um, to, to have more relationship, to lean on him. Because at the end of the day, yes, he's put shepherds as pastors to, to lead the flock, but we are still all shepherds included, supposed to have our individual relationships with God. My submission, yes, is to my pastor. But my submission is ultimately to God. Ultimately, my submission is to God, period. Because I had to really come to that place where I can't keep putting all my eggs in, a, in, the, in the, the basket of man. And that's really what we do because we're human and we want relationship with people. We want love from people. We want to be accepted by people. And so they end up becoming gods to us and we put we connect to God through them and we don't have our own relationship. And when man fall short like man does, then we are dismayed because we were treating them like we we should be treating God. And so let us first push past this church hurt because God didn't let me sit there. Okay. Let me tell y'all. Cause I tried. I was like, oh yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I'm going back. Listen, listen, I was like, forget this. I, I started getting back into the world a little bit. <laughs> let me tell y'all, but I'm not playing with y'all. Okay. Uh, pick that bottle. I, I got back in that bottle real deep. I mean, I wasn't completely out, but, um, I, I was like, I forget this. I ain't gonna have no conviction. I'm about to be up in here. We're about to turn up. Okay. Little dip from back in the day is in town. L- okay. Let me hang with the dip. We're going to drink. We're going to do a little something. You know what I'm saying? I might not go all the way, but I'm gonna do a little something. Like I was, I was in my mind. Okay. I was like, forget it all. And even then, thank you, Holy Spirit, because your girl was crazy. I don't know why she was thinking like (laughs) God's grace is good. Okay. Even then, okay. The Lord had his hand and he rescued me. He's like, oh, nah, get your tail back here. We ain't finna do that. (laughs) Okay. Oh, you think you finna move? You definitely not going nowhere. You are about to be planted. Okay. You're not about to keep running. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I have things for you to do. Um, and, uh, I, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna keep giving you these chances to get on this train. Cause I know you really want me, but you just a little hurt right now. So I'm gonna get a little chance. Okay. I, I, I like, I believe that God is like, listen, okay. He ain't going to enforce his will on you, but he is definitely going to keep giving you choices because he wants to love you. He, 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 he loves you. He wants the relationship with you. So if there's even an ounce of him knowing that, you know, we had a good thing going here. <laughs> I, I I remember that song you sang to me. I remember how you could you professed your love for me. I'm about to fight for you. I ain't finna just let you go. Come on, somebody. Who is happy that they got a guy who ain't finna just let them go as soon as they, you know, lose their mind a little bit? Like, no, nah, he like, let me l- help you get your mind together and realize this good thing you got. <laughs> And um, I praise God because I realized real quick that good thing that I had because the enemy, you know, does what he do. And I just was like, Lord, I need you um, because I don't know how I thought I was going to do this by myself. And I really don't want to do it by myself. And, um, you know, 
although we have faulty starts and in, even during the race, we find ourselves tripping up um, as we're trying to get our form right, as we're trying to get rid of the things that are weighing us down from that faulty start, as we are learning to take off the old shoes and put on the new shoes. Come on, armor of God. As we're learning to, to do these things, so that we can run the race with joy um, and, and with everything that we are meant to run it with so that we can gain that momentum and come from the back to the front. I'm getting geek, y'all. Listen, I don't know about you, but this, this right here got me ready to go. Like, as we begin to do this, like, you start feeling light and airy and you like, what's good with it? Like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go. And that form, you just start listening now. Don't talk, talk about my form, y'all. Track running, because I told y'all track wasn't my thing. You can meet me on the court though. Um, but yeah, as, as your, as your form and that, you know, in, in, in your, your body and you start, you know, getting that wind and you are upright and you're breathing and you're focused and you are just pacing as that begins to get right. And you find yourself coming from the back to the front. Man, the glory of God is good. And guess what? When you finish that race and you finish that race first, no one is wondering about the frailty start. No one is talking about it. And if they do, they're talking about it in lieu of the fact that you finished first. And they want to know your secrets. They want to know, how did you have such a faulty start and still finish first? And now you have a testimony. And that's, isn't that all what we want? We want to hear that well done, good and faithful servant and finish our race and be first. Okay. Now, not first in the literal sense, but first in the sense of God saying the last shall be first, right? Those that are righteous, we are called to serve. And there is a lot of times that we aren't going to be first while on earth, but guess what? When we reign with God, we are first. And doesn't that feel good to know that we are now first? And all people want to know about is that testimony now of like how we did it and did it with how we came out the blocks with such a faulty start, but was able to finish strong and finish first. Like, I don't know about y'all, but I'm most excited about those stories that are that have that plot twist. I'm most excited and driven and and and, and, and um inspired by those stories that that is like man that was really the glory of god like they really came from a place those stories that have been tested and tried and it has given them a testimony because those are the stories we really are looking to but the thing is we look to those people and we are we are excited and we love to hear their stories but we are not willing to allow our story to unfold we're not willing for our test to turn into a testimony we want to focus on the faulty start and give up before we can even finish the race. And that is not what we're called to do. So I am encouraging you not to give up during your race. Doesn't matter about the faulty start. Doesn't matter about the false start. Because at the end of the day, that setback doesn't mean you will not finish. And it also does not mean you're going to finish last. So I hope that we are encouraged to get again under a shepherd, back to, back to my points that I was going to make, let's get under a shepherd so we can make sure that we are in tune with God. We are getting fed the spiritual word. We're being guided through the seasons that God is bringing his people into. Um, and, and when we are in these storehouses, right, we should see the evidence of God in that house. We should see the fruit of God. We should see and feel the Holy Spirit moving, right? There, there should be 
um, you know, the evidence of your, your pastors and your apostles and your prophets and prophetess. And, you know, you should see um, all these different things functioning in your members and you should see the fruits of the Holy Spirit in there. You know, you should see the gifts of the Holy Spirit in there. You should see the word of God coming alive so that you can hear the season that you're in. Now, I know every storehouse, every storehouse is not a prophetic house, right? Um, I'm not saying it has to be a prophetic house, but just seeing the fruit of God so that you are actually in a place where the person that you, is that is over you hears from the Lord. So the people next to you hear from the Lord so that you, he can develop a relationship where you hear from the Lord. And so when, when you are in your race, you have people that are beside you that are not running against you, but they are running with you. And so when you are feeling tired, they're encouraging you through prayer. They're encouraging you through worshiping with you. They're encouraging you through fellowshipping with you, things that you cannot get on your own. The Bible doesn't say where one is gathered, um, the Lord is in the midst. It says where two or three are gathered, the Lord is in the midst. It talks about, it doesn't say, well, one chord. It talks about how two or three chords bind it together, how their strength. So there is something about the numbers of fellowship of people coming together off of the 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 wheel and the the um, excitement and the hunger for God. So let's not neglect fellowship because that's what the word tells us. So let's get in a place where we can be fed. Number one, for some of us, because of our false start, because of our faulty start, because because of our damaged start with trauma, we need to get to a therapist. OK, um, and, you know, I see it with a lot of my clients. Pray about it. Pray about it. I am amazed at the clients that I get because I see how God has sent them. Some of them are not connected to God, of course, um, but some of them are. Some of them tell me that they literally have prayed, um, you know, for their therapist. They literally pray for a specific thing and they got me. And they see the evidence of, of God placing me in their life as a therapist. And that to me is just, wow, mind blowing. And I am always honored and humbled. Um, by the fact that, that I'm just in the pipeline of Jesus, you know, feel me? Like I'm just in the network where the Lord, like I'm, I got somebody for you and this is who it is. Um, I'm someone's answered prayer that the Lord trusts me in that way. Um, because I was someone who was once praying and seeking for a therapist and needing that. And I once sat on that couch and I once had to get myself to go to therapy when I didn't want to. And I had to once do the homework and do the work when I just did not want to do it. Or I, you know, wanted to, some days I did want to do it and I needed it and it was my space and I looked forward to it. And, you know, I once was on that journey myself. Um, and so some of us need to get into therapy and don't be afraid to pray to God to send you a therapist because if that, that therapist is connected to the Lord, he, the ther- he going to orchestrate, um, the sessions in itself, you know, um, it's going to be like a more one-on-one with skills and training, uh, kind of like church, feel um not from the sense of preaching but from the sense of the atmosphere of the holy spirit from the sense of god moving in the atmosphere um but just in more of a one-on-one way um with skills being implemented right um if we have someone who is 
led by the spirit of God. And of course, there are some therapists that don't discuss what their beliefs are with you and all that kind of stuff. Um, But, you know, again, when we pray, God will lead us to what is right for us. So we need to get in a storehouse. We need to get connected to church and and, a, and be up under a shepherd who, um, you know, is hearing from God, who is led by God, the one that God wants us to sit up under. Um, he will confirm it. Absolutely. I am a witness. Um, I got connected under my a shepherd who I got in the assigning also as my spiritual father um, and mother um, through um, I had prayed my own prayer um, on my own. There were certain things that I prayed. And one of the things I had told God is like, I need a covering. I told God, I said, I need a covering. I'm exposed. I need a covering God. That was exact words I said. I said, I need a covering God. And I had got invited to this church. It's the church I'm at now. I got invited to the church um, and he started prophesying to me. <laughs> the day I was there and the prophecy was based on things that I had went through and you know, where I was at. So I was, I knew he was on point. I seen the evidence of God there, but I was not convinced at that point that I would need to be at the church. Um, I thought it was interesting that the Lord <laughs> was, was out route. Like I'm trying to not be seen and the Lord like, Nope, I'm gonna make sure he see you. Um, and so that was interesting, but I wasn't sold on being there. What, um, let me know that God was telling me to be there. Although I still, gave it a little bit of time after was after the service my apostle said um god told me i'm supposed to cover you once i see my smile (laughs) now he wasn't in my he wasn't in my prayers he did not know that i used those specific words god i need a covering i need someone to cover me those were the exact words i prayed to god he did not know that So God knew that I was in a place where I did not trust man in the church atmosphere. He knew. So I know, I know my father knew the only way to really get my attention to know that it was him speaking was to use the exact words I said to him when we talked one-on-one cover. I'm supposed to cover you. I pray God, I need a covering. And then he said, I'm supposed to cover you. Like it was just so, so, you know, blank and a blanket. And so God, I tell you guys to say, God will answer your prayers. He will make it clear, but we have to put ourselves in positions and that vulnerability to say, you know what, God, I, I need you to lead me. So let's get under a shepherd that's led by the Lord. Let's maybe get into some therapy. Um, some of us need to get into some therapy and sort through some things and then just, just keep running, submit it all to God and keep running. And know that because we had a faulty start, it just, it does not mean that we have to finish last. doesn't mean you will finish last. So I hope you guys are encouraged by this episode. I love our vibe sessions. We vibe out every time and I hope you guys are tuning in. I am still trying to figure out, honestly, what my upload schedule is going to be, but I'm thinking either once a month or bi-weekly. It just depends on how I'm able to batch record this this um, this information. And so I want you guys to bear with me. One of these episodes, I'll end up dropping how often I'll, I'll be uploading. Um, but we, we're going to we're, we're going to keep praying on that thing. But uh, y'all let me know how y'all like the episode. And if this was a vibe, make sure you click subscribe and peace and love be unto you. I see y'all on the next one.